0: Chapter One A of the Bohemians of the Latin Quarter by Henri Murger, translated by Anonymous. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter One A: How the Bohemian Club Was Formed. One morning, it was the eighth of April. Alexander Schaunard, who cultivated the two liberal arts of painting and music was rudely awakened by the peal of a neighbouring cock which served him for an alarm by jove exclaimed schaunard my feathered clock goes too fast it cannot possibly be to-day yet so saying he leaped precipitately out of a piece of furniture of his own ingenious contrivance which sustaining the part of bed by night sustaining it badly enough too did duty by day for all the rest of the furniture which was absent by reason of the severe cold for which the past winter had been noted to protect himself against the biting north wind Schaunard slipped on in haste a pink satin petticoat with spangled stars which served him for dressing-gown this gay garment had been left at the artist's lodging one masked ball night by a folie who was fool enough to let herself be entrapped by the deceitful promises of schaunard when disguised as a marquis he rattled in his pocket a seducingly sonorous dozen of crowns theatrical money punched out of a lead plate and borrowed of a property-man having thus made his home toilette the artist proceeded to open his blind and window a solar ray like an arrow of light flashed suddenly into the room and compelled him to open his eyes that were still veiled by the mists of sleep at the same moment the clock of a neighbouring church struck five it is the morn herself muttered schaunard astonishing but and he consulted an almanac nailed to the wall not the less a mistake the results of science affirm that at this season of the year the sun ought not to rise till half-past five it is only five o'clock and there he is a culpable excess of zeal the luminary is wrong i shall have to make a complaint to the longitude office however i must begin to be a little anxious to-day is the day after yesterday certainly and since yesterday was the seventh unless old saturn goes backward it must be the eighth of april to-day and if i may believe this paper continued schaunard going to read an official notice to quit posted on the wall to-day therefore at twelve precisely i ought to have evacuated the premises and paid into the hands of my landlord monsieur bernard the sum of seventy-five francs for three-quarters rent due which he demands of me in very bad handwriting i had hoped as i always do that providence would take the responsibility of discharging this debt but it seems it hasn't had time. Well, I have six hours before me yet. By making good use of them, perhaps to work to work. He was preparing to put on an overcoat originally of a long-haired woolly fabric, but now completely bald from age, when suddenly, as if bitten by a tarantula, he began to execute around the room a polka of his own composition, which at the public balls had often caused him to be honoured with the particular attention of the police by jove he exclaimed it is surprising how the morning air gives one ideas it strikes me that i am on the scent of my air let's see and half dressed as he was schaunard seated himself at his piano after having waked the sleeping instrument by a terrific hurly-burly of notes he began talking to himself all the while to hunt over the keys for the tune he had long been seeking do, sol mi do la si do re bah it's as false as judas that ray and he struck violently on the doubtful note we must represent adroitly the grief of a young person picking to pieces a white daisy over a blue lake there's an idea that's not in its infancy however since it is fashion and you couldn't find a music publisher who would dare to publish a ballad without a blue lake in it we must go with the fashion do sol mi do la si do re oh, that's not so bad it gives a fair idea of a daisy especially to people well up in botany la si do re. confound that ray now to make the blue lake intelligible we should have something moist azure moonlight for the moon comes in too here it is don't let's forget the swan fa mi la sol continued schaunard rattling over the keys lastly an adieu of the young girl who determines to throw herself into the blue lake to rejoin her beloved who is buried under the snow the catastrophe is not very perspicuous but decidedly interesting we must have something tender melancholy it's coming it's coming here are a dozen bars crying like magdalen's enough to split one's heart brrr brrr and schaunard shivered in his spangled petticoat if it could only split one's wood there's a beam in my alcove which bothers me a good deal when i have company at dinner i should like to make a fire with it la la re, mi, for i feel my inspiration coming to me through the medium of a cold in the head so much the worse but it can't be helped let us continue to drown our young girl and while his fingers assailed the trembling keys, Schaunard, with sparkling eyes and straining ears, gave chase to the melody, which, like an impalpable sylph, hovered amid the sonorous mist, which the vibrations of the instrument seemed to let loose in the room. Now let us see, he continued, how my music will fit into my poet's words. And he hummed, in voice the reverse of agreeable, this fragment of verse of the patent comic-opera sort the fair and youthful maiden as she flung her mantle by through a glance with sorrow laden up to the starry sky and in the azure waters of the silver waved lake how is that he exclaimed in transports of just indignation the azure waters of a silver lake i didn't see that this poet is an idiot i'll bet he never saw a lake or silver either a stupid ballad too in every way the length of the lines cramps the music for the future i shall compose my verses myself and without waiting since i feel in the humour i shall manufacture some couplets to adapt my melody to. so saying and taking his head between his hands he assumed the grave attitude of a man who is having relations with the muses after a few minutes of this sacred intercourse he had produced one of those strings of nonsense verses which the libretti makers called not without reason monsters and which they improvised very readily as a groundwork for the composer's inspiration only schaunards were no nonsense verses but very good sense expressing with sufficient clearness the inquietude awakened in his mind by the rude arrival of that date the eighth of april thus they ran eight and eight made sixteen just put down six and carry one my poor soul would be at rest could i only find someone, some honest poor relation who'd eight hundred francs advance to pay its obligation whenever i've had a chance and ere the clock on the last and fatal morning Good sound midday to old bernard like a man who needs no warning to old bernard like a man who needs no warning to old bernard like a man who needs no warning my rent i'd pay the deuce exclaimed schaunard reading over his composition one and some one those rhymes are poor enough but i have no time to make them richer now let us try how the notes will unite with the syllables and in his peculiarly frightful nasal tone he recommenced the execution of his ballad satisfied with the result he had just obtained schaunard congratulated himself with an exultant grimace which mounted over his nose like a circumflex accent whenever he had occasion to be pleased with himself but this triumphant happiness was destined to have no long duration eleven o'clock resounded from the neighbouring steeple every stroke diffused itself through the room in mocking sounds which seemed to say to the unlucky schaunard are you ready the artist bounded on his chair the time flies like a bird he exclaimed i have but three-quarters of an hour left to find my seventy-five francs and my new lodging i shall never get them that would be too much like magic let me see i give myself five minutes to find out how to obtain them and burying his head between his knees he descended into the depths of reflection the five minutes elapsed and schaunard raised his head without having found anything which resembled seventy-five francs decidedly i have but one way of getting out of this which is simply to go away it is fine weather and my friend monsieur chance may be walking in the sun he must give me hospitality till i have found the means of squaring off with monsieur Bernard having stuffed into the cellar-like pockets of his overcoat all the articles they would hold schaunard tied up some linen in a handkerchief and took an affectionate farewell of his home while crossing the court he was suddenly stopped by the porter who seemed to be on the watch for him hello monsieur schaunard cried he blocking up the artist's way don't you remember that this is the eighth of april eight and eight may sixteen just put down six and carry one hummed schaunard i don't remember anything else you are a little behind then with your moving said the porter it is half-past eleven and the new tenant to whom your room has been let may come any minute you must make haste let me pass then replied schaunard i am going after a cart no doubt but before moving there is a little formality to be gone through I have orders not to let you take away a hair unless you pay the three-quarters due are you ready why of course said chouinard making a step forward well come into my lodge then and i will give you your receipt i shall take it when i come back but why not at once persisted the porter i am going to a money-changers i have no change ah you are going to get change replied the other not at all at his ease then i will take care of that little parcel under your arm which might be in your way monsieur porter exclaimed the artist with a dignified air you mistrust me perhaps do you think i am carrying away my furniture in a handkerchief excuse me answered the porter dropping his tone a little but such are my orders monsieur bernard has expressly charged me not to let you take away a hair before you have paid but look will you said schaunard opening his bundle these are not hairs they are shirts and i am taking them to my washerwoman who lives next door to the money-changers twenty steps off that alters the case said the porter after he had examined the contents of the bundle would it be impolite monsieur schaunard to inquire your new address rue de rivoli replied the artist and having once got outside the gate he made off as fast as possible rue de rivoli muttered the porter scratching his nose it's very odd they should let him have lodgings in the rue de rivoli and never come here to ask about him very odd that at any rate he can't carry off his furniture without paying if only the new tenant don't come moving in just as Monsieur schaunard is moving out that would make a nice mess well sure enough he exclaimed suddenly putting his head out of his little window here he comes the new tenant in fact, a young man in a white hat followed by a porter who did not seem overburdened by the weight of his load had just entered the court. Is my room ready? He demanded of the house-porter who had stepped out to meet him. Not yet, sir, but it will be in a moment. The person who occupies it has gone after a cart for his things. Meanwhile, sir, you may put your furniture in the court. I am afraid it's going to rain, replied the young man, chewing a bouquet of violets which he held in his mouth my furniture might be spoiled my friend continued he turning to the man who was behind him with something on a trunk which the porter could not exactly make out put that down and go back to my old lodging to fetch the remaining valuables the man ranged along the wall several frames six or seven feet high folded together and apparently being capable of being extended look here said the newcomer to his follower half opening one of the screens and showing him a rent in the canvas what an accident you have cracked my grand venetian glass take more care on your second trip especially with my library what does he mean by his venetian glass muttered the porter walking up and down with an uneasy air before the frames ranged against the wall i don't see any glass some joke no doubt i only see a screen we shall see at any rate what he will bring next trip is your tenant not going to make room for me soon inquired the young man it is half-past twelve and i want to move in he won't be much longer answered the porter but there is no harm done yet since your furniture has not yet come added he with a stress on the concluding words as the young man was about to reply a dragoon entered the court is this monsieur bernard's he asked drawing a letter from a huge leather portfolio which swung at his side he lives here replied the porter here is a letter for him said the dragoon give me a receipt and he handed to the porter a bulletin of dispatches which the latter entered his lodge to sign excuse me for leaving you alone said he to the young man who was stalking impatiently about the court but this is a letter from the minister to my landlord and i am going to take it up to him m bernard was just beginning to shave when the porter knocked at his door what do you want durand sir replied the other lifting his cap a soldier has just brought this for you it comes from the ministry and he handed to m bernard the letter the envelope of which bore the stamp of the war department heavens exclaimed m bernard in such agitation that he all but cut himself from the minister of war i am sure it is my nomination as knight of the legion of honour which i have long solicited at last they have done justice to my good conduct here durand said he fumbling in his waistcoat pocket here are five francs to drink my health stay i haven't my purse about me wait and i will give you the money in a moment the porter was so overcome by this stunning fit of generosity which was not at all in accordance with his landlord's ordinary habits that he absolutely put on his cap again but monsieur bernard who at any other time would have severely reprimanded this infraction of the laws of social hierarchy appeared not to notice it he put on his spectacles broke the seal of the envelope with the respectful anxiety of a vizier receiving a sultan's firman and began to read the dispatch at the first line a frightful grimace ploughed his fat monk-like cheeks with crimson furrows and his little eyes flashed sparks as seemed ready to set fire to his bushy wig in fact all his features were so turned upside down that you would have said his countenance had just suffered a shock of facequake for these were the contents of the letter bearing the ministerial stamp brought by a dragoon orderly and for which durand had given the government a receipt friend landlord politeness who according to ancient mythology is the grandmother of good manners compels me to inform you that i am under the cruel necessity of not conforming to the prevalent custom of paying rent prevalent especially when the rent is due up to this morning i had cherished the hope of being able to celebrate this fair day by the payments of my three-quarters vain chimera bitter illusion while i was slumbering on the pillow of confidence ill-luck what the greeks call ananke was scattering my hopes the returns on which i counted times are so bad have failed and of the considerable sums which i was to receive i have only realized three francs which were lent me and i will not insult you by the offer of them better days will come for our dear country and for me doubt it not sir when they come i shall fly to inform you of their arrival and to withdraw from your lodgings the precious objects which i leave there putting them under your protection and that of the law which hinders you from selling them before the expiration of a year in case you should be disposed to try to do so with the object of obtaining the sum for which you stand credited in the ledger of my honesty i commend to your special care my piano and also the large frame containing sixty locks of hair whose different colours run through the whole gamut of capillary shades the scissors of love have stolen them from the forehead of the graces therefore dear sir and landlord you may dispose of the roof under which i have dwelt i grant you full authority and have hereto set my hand and seal alexander on finishing this letter which the artist had written at the desk of a friend who was a clerk in the war office m bernard indignantly crushed it in his hand and as his glance fell on old durand who was waiting for the promised gratification he roughly demanded what he was doing waiting sir for what for the present on account of the good news stammered the porter get out you scoundrel do you presume to speak to me with your cap on but sir don't you answer me get out no stay there we shall go up to the room of that scamp of an artist who has run off without paying what monsieur schaunard ejaculated the porter yes cried the landlord with increasing fury and if he has carried away the smallest article i send you off straight off but it can't be murmured the poor porter monsieur schaunard has not run away he has gone to get change to pay you and order a cart for his furniture a cart for his furniture exclaimed the other run i'm sure he has it here he laid a trap to get you away from your lodge fool that you are fool that i am heaven help me cried the porter all in a tremble before the thundering wrath of his superior who hurried him down the stairs when they arrived in the court the porter was hailed by the young man in the white hat come now am i not soon going to be in possession of my lodging is this the eighth of april did i hire a room here and pay you a deposit to bind the bargain yes or no excuse me sir interposed the landlord i am at your service durand i will talk to the gentleman myself run up there that scamp schaunard has come back to pack up if you find him shut him in and then come down again and run for the police old durand vanished up the staircase excuse me sir continued the landlord with a bow to the young man now left alone with him to whom have i the honor of speaking your new tenant i have hired a room in the sixth story of this house and am beginning to be tired of waiting for my lodging to become vacant i am very sorry indeed replied Monsieur bernard there has been a little difficulty with one of my tenants the one whom you are to replace sir cried old durand from a window at the very top of the house "Monsieur schaunard is not here but his room stupid i mean he has carried nothing away not a hair sir very well come down replied the landlord have a little patience i beg of you he continued to the young man my porter will bring down to the cellar the furniture in the room of my defaulting tenant and you may take possession in half an hour besides your furniture has not come yet but it has answered the young man quietly Monsieur bernard looked around and saw only the large screens which had already mystified his porter how is this he muttered i don't see anything behold replied the youth unfolding the leaves of the frame and displaying to the view of the astonished landlord a magnificent interior of a palace with jasper columns bas-reliefs and paintings of old masters but your furniture demanded Monsieur bernard here it is replied the young man pointing to the splendid furniture painted in the palace which he had bought at a sale of second-hand theatrical decorations i hope you have some more serious furniture than this said the landlord you know i must have security for my rent the deuce is a palace not sufficient security for the rent of a garret no sir i want real chairs and tables in solid mahogany alas neither gold nor mahogany makes us happy as for the ancient poet well says and i can't bear mahogany it's too common a wood everybody has it but surely sir, you must have some sort of furniture. No, it takes up too much room. You are stuck full of chairs and have no place to sit down. But at any rate, you have a bed. What do you sleep on? On a good conscience, sir. Excuse me, one more question, said the landlord. What is your profession? End of chapter one, a recording by expatriate in Bangor, Maine.